0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Coming up, the first ever edition of In-Flight Snack, a New York Jets podcast. We'll talk about what this podcast is going to be. Oh, and the Jets signed Dalvin Cook. All that and more coming up, and it starts right now. Caught! Touchdown! Garrett Wilson scores! Rodgers does this better than anybody. End zone! Touchdown! Unbelievable! Rodgers going end zone Lazard. He's got it for the touchdown! Looking downfield. he's a knocks it away, and the Jets are going to take a knee and win it. Let's make sure we play like the New York Jets. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Welcome to In Flight Snack, a New York Jets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I am your host, Rami Lavi, and this is the first ever edition of In Flight Snack. And I am so incredibly excited to get started. Before I do anything, I just want to thank the people I believe uh, for allowing me to do this and for trusting me. I know this is a big season for the Jets. I'm as excited as everyone listening and watching this right now, if not more. I'll tell you about me, who I am as a Jet fan, what we've all been through together, and why I wanted to do this podcast, why I wanted to host this podcast. And then perfect day to start a Jets podcast. We had some Jets news as the Jets have a new running back today. We'll get into all of that right away. And let's start with who I am. My name is Rami LaVie, as I mentioned at the top. I've been in media for about two years, but I've been a Jets fan for longer than that. I became a Jets fan really because my father was a Jets fan. As lots of younger kids get into sports. The way you get into sports sometimes is your father or an uncle or a family member, your older brother, sister, mom, whoever it is, introduces you to sports. And unfortunately, my father decided to choose the Jets as the team that he rooted for. Now, he grew up on Long Island and the Jets practiced on Long Island back in the 80s. And that's when uh, he was growing up there and he watched the Jets practice, and he became a Jets fan. He became enamored with the colors, the green and white, right? Green, green. I don't know what he became enamored with. They were never good. Um, and we'll talk about that. That's definitely part of the process. It's part of the journey as a Jets fan is appreciating that maybe they're not great. No, they're not the best team to root for, but we love them just the same. Uh, so I adopted the jets and i remember early on when i was a young kid uh in about 2007 i had madden 07 my grandmother so i guess that's like 2006 my grandmother got that for me and i growing up in uh north jersey originally a lot of giants fan friends and it made sense the giants were a good team and they won the super bowl in 2007 and i was playing madden and i chose the jets and some of my friends were like why are you the jets why wouldn't you be the giants right um and the answer obviously was because I was a Jet fan and it was different. So it was different than the rest of them, but I got into it. I love Dustin Keller, the Jets tight end. I love Darrell Revis, obviously. And this is when I'm a young kid. You're starting with Chad Pennington going back to those days, obviously, as the Jets quarterback. And that's when I really became a big Jets fan. And it wasn't because of the glitz and the glamour and the winning because there wasn't a whole lot of that. But Like I said, sometimes when your father is a Jets fan, that's kind of that bond that creates that connection. But early on, when I was in middle school, the Jets all of a sudden have this magical couple season run. And that made every Jets fan really excited. And they draft Mark Sanchez. They hire Rex Ryan. And as you see the name of the podcast, that that's the greatest era of Jets football. A two-year window was the greatest era of Jets football of my lifetime. In-flight snack, obviously, references. You heard it in the open. The snack, let's go eat a snack that Rex Ryan said on Hard Knocks the last time. They were on Hard Knocks prior to this season. Uh, that's what the title of the podcast references. That's why I chose that title because to me, that is, that represents Darrell Revis, my favorite jet of all time. And it represents the greatest era of jets football in my lifetime when they went to -to back-to-back AFC championship games. And you go the first year, it's kind of a fluke and you lose to Peyton Manning, but it's like, Oh my God, we had this rookie quarterback. We have the perfect combination of a young team. Older vets, and I don't need to give you the whole Jets history, but it feels like this team's going to be here for a long time with this head coach, with this team, with this defense. You come back the next year, you get even better. You're on hard knocks. They talk about all the guys they picked up in the offseason, the free agents, Ladanian Tomlinson, Antonio Cromartie, one after the other. All these guys, right, that are going to make this team even more special. And the Jets go back to the AFC championship game. And I remember something very interesting that my father said to me because I remember the Sunday night game towards the end of the season when they played in Pittsburgh and they won, right? They went on Sunday night football in the snow. And it's like, wow, we, we can actually beat this Pittsburgh team. We can go to the Super Bowl. The New York Jets can go to the Super Bowl. And then before you can blink, they're down, what was it, 21 to three at the half of that game. And I, I still have images in my mind of the Jets linemen trying to tackle... Ben Roethlisberger, and they tore his nameplate off the back of his jersey, and they couldn't bring him down. He just stayed upright. He was making one player after another, and the Jets' offense could do nothing. I remember at halftime, I was ready to just call it a night, go to sleep, and my father said to me, no, you know, we'll stay up because what the Jets do better than anyone is they pull you back in. They make you believe. They make you think they could actually come back and win this game, and then they really break your heart. That's when they really snap it. So he was right. And we watch the Jets have this incredible comeback and have an opportunity. And they're driving down the field. And Mark Sanchez throws the interception. And my father says to me, okay, look, this wasn't the result we wanted, obviously. But just enjoy this. You don't know when the Jets are going to be back in the playoffs. You don't know when they're going to be back in an AFC championship game. That win in New England the prior week, right, in the divisional round, still the greatest win of my lifetime in Jets history or I guess in my lifetime as a Jet fan. Not really the entire history here. They did win a Super Bowl many, many years ago. I was not alive, in case you couldn't tell by my voice or if you're watching the video my age. I'm not old enough to have experienced the first Jets Super Bowl. So my father was right. The Jets haven't made the playoffs since. Now that the Sacramento Kings have made the playoffs last season, that is the current longest streak in the four major sports, I think the Buffalo Sabres might be tied. I'm not sure, but that's it. It's the Jets, the longest postseason drought currently in sports. And during that time, I mean, think about we had a couple of close calls, maybe two that I could really think of off the top of my head. One, obviously, the Fitzmagic year, which... Also, again, magical. And what's so interesting was growing up, we watched these games. It was me, my father, one of his friends that he grew up with, and his son would watch these games together, these Jets games. And it had been a couple of years. Well, I guess we still watch the games together. Like I distinctly remember watching the Giants game where Victor Cruz had the hundred-yard touchdown, or ninety-nine-yard touchdown against the Jets. I remember specifically watching what was it the following week or a couple weeks later when Santonio Holmes turned his back on the team. So. I do remember some epic collapses watching that with the crew. But the next time it really felt like a meaningful game was, and it had been a few years, and I was in high school already at that point. I might have been even out of high school, a senior in high school, something like that. And we got the crew back together because the Jets were going into Buffalo at 10 and 5 with a chance to make the playoffs. It was a magical season. You beat the Patriots with the Eric Decker touchdown at the end. You beat the Giants that year. The touchdowns to Brandon Marshall. We're singing, oh, 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 Fitzmagic. Yeah, I got some pipes. Um, And you're singing Fitzma- Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick, this is journeyman quarterback, comes in here. He's got the beard, Harvard, wears the wedding band, all these things. And you feel like this is a special team. This team is the first team that we can really feel great about since We sat through, we suffered through so many quarterbacks, which we'll get to in a second. And you go into Buffalo, my father's like, you know what's going to happen, right? You know what's about to happen, but that's part of being a Jets fan. Let's all get together. Let's sit down, let's enjoy this, and let's watch how they can find new ways to lose. The Jets tried, or the Buffalo Bills in that game, tried to give that game away. Remember, even at the end, after Fitzpatrick had already thrown, what, four picks? There's still a chance. They're driving down the field. There's that throw that goes off the guy's hands would have been a long touchdown potentially to win the game or at least tie the game Then the next play Fitzpatrick throws the interception. And I know I'm torturing Jets fans right now with this history, but I think my point is that I've been in this and all these things, the ups and downs, enjoying it, and then ultimately the disappointment is all part of what makes us The same. It's all part of what makes us Jets fans. It's all what makes us unite. And I think we are a close knit group as a fan base. And I'm so excited to be a part of this fan base on the media side, talking to you guys um, as a Jets fan. Now, I mentioned the quarterbacks. I mean, I've seen from Chad Pennington to Brett Favre, which that year, I mean, again, to Mark Sanchez, Greg McElroy, Geno Smith. Michael Vick, Tim Tebow, that was the year where we just tried to get like, oh, who's a quarterback who used to be good? Um, Tebow was good for a minute, right? Fitzpatrick, Bryce Petty, Josh McCown, Sam Darnold, who I loved, and I thought he was going to be the future. I I, lo- I watched him at USC, and I wanted them to draft Sam Darnold, and I actually bought season tickets when the Jets drafted Sam Darnold, which we'll get into in a second. I'm still currently a Jets season ticket holder. Marcus Simeon, Luke Falk, remember that? Just awful injury to Simeon in that game. Joe Flacco, Zach Wilson, Mike White, Josh Johnson, Joe Flacco again, Zach Wilson, Mike White again, and then Chris Trevler. All throughout that time, I mean, that's a list of how many quarterbacks I just named, like 20 different guys who have played quarterback for the New York Jets over the last 10 years, right? Since 2012, essentially, over the last 12 years, something like that, and they couldn't, Get the answer. They couldn't get the guy right. They haven't found it. And what builds a football team is the quarterback. It all starts from the quarterback. And so some of those years, it felt like the Jets were close. They had the defense. They had that team. Remember the dancing defense memes. The Ryan Fitzpatrick year. There were years. Last year. Last year was almost as close as they've gotten. Right? The way they started, then you lose six in a row to end the year because – Mike White can't stay healthy. Zach Wilson's not good enough. And Joe Flacco is cooked. And by the way, was never elite. So all those things just lead to more losing and just more misery as a Jets fan. And what was interesting was during that time, I had a roommate in high school who was a big Packers fan. He was a huge Aaron Rodgers fan. And I remember going back to the Steelers Game, in the AFC Championship game, I hated the Steelers, right? After they beat the Jets in that game. So I was rooting for the Packers in the Super Bowl and I was rooting for Aaron Rodgers. And that's when I first became an Aaron Rodgers fan. And let me tell you, this is one of the best decisions I've made in my life because I was always rooting for the Jets. It was Jets first, Jets over everything. I mean, I remember when I was in high school, the Jets went into Lambeau. What was it a 21 to three lead or something that they took early and then slowly watch it disappear? I remember that game. So I think that was the early Geno years. So I was always rooting for the Jets and would watch every Jet game, never miss a snap. But I would also try and as much as I could. And usually they played on four at 425 on Fox because they were the Joe Buck. They were the big game of the week. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, right? The Packers and Aaron Rodgers. And I always watched them. It started with that roommate. It started with that Super Bowl. But it continued. I became just a huge Aaron Rodgers fan. And when everyone bashed him and when... People would say he's a diva or this. I said, no, that attitude, that's part of it. He's so competitive when he's yelling at his teammates. I kind of like that. I kind of like – he's a little bit douchey. Fine. But I I liked everything that came with Aaron Rodgers. And I also loved everything around him and his attitude and everything he did on and off the field. I never thought he was like this guy who – and people talked about Brees. People talked about Manning. People talked about Brady. I was a Rodgers fan. I was a Rodgers guy because to me, he could do things that I've never seen anyone else do. And in fact, when Patrick Mahomes came into the league and started doing these crazy things, right? Patrick Mahomes can do this and that. Patrick Mahomes is doing things that we've never seen before in the NFL. I'd be like, hey, no guys, actually we've seen this before. We've seen Aaron Rodgers make throws like this. We've seen Aaron Rodgers rolling to his right and throwing back to the left. We've seen him running across his body, running the wrong way, running to his left, and then throwing back to the right side of the field. The little flick of the wrist, the passes, everything he does. I was always a huge Aaron Rodgers fan. And I was skeptical last year, but I mentioned on my podcast, trade for Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. Zach Wilson's not the answer. And you can go look on my Instagram. I do host a podcast, and we'll get into my background and my career. Um And so I said trade for Aaron Rodgers. I kind of just threw it out there. I also said start Mike White. This is before they started Mike White. And when the Jets actually traded for Aaron Rodgers, my father keeps telling me, he keeps warning me, that same warning, same thing he told me before the AFC Championship game, same thing he told me before the game against Buffalo in 2015. He's like, when it gets really good, when it seems like everything's perfect, that's when they just rip your heart out, these Jets. And so Aaron Rodgers is here, and not only is he here, he takes the massive pay cut. Everything seems perfect. He's saying all the right things. He's getting along with the teammates. He's showing up for everything. Even Zach Wilson looks like he's going to turn it around, turn his career around because he's under the stewardship of Aaron Rodgers. He looks healthy. He doesn't look hurt like he was last year. He's making some ridiculous throws in training camp. They have the young core. They just bring in Dalvin Cook, which we'll get to in a second. And I'm like, it's perfect. How could it get better? And yet there's still this thought in the back of my head of like, when's the second shoe going to drop? When's it all going to fall apart? How could it possibly go so poorly that there's no coming back from it? And I hate that I think that way, but I think that's part of your DNA as a Jets fan. And ultimately, what I want to do on this podcast, what I want to do with this platform that I'm so grateful to have thanks to the Believe Network is go through all of it. The fun. Enjoy these moments of the anticipation of Aaron Rodgers. This is a fun thing. This is sports. We love it. We're emotionally attached to it, but ultimately we have so much fun with it. We talk about Aaron Rodgers and coming here and get excited. Or maybe when the Jets were 7-4 and last year, you were one of the fans that got super excited and said, hey, this could be a real team. We could make a run. Zach Wilson could be the guy. All those things. And then... When inevitably we're disappointed, so be it. That's part of the journey. So enjoy the good times. Enjoy what's happening right now with this team. If we're disappointed in the end, I don't know. We've been disappointed so long. You can't hurt us anymore, Jets. You can't. You don't own us. So I'm just going to enjoy and have so much fun. And I want to do it with this group, with the following that we create on this podcast. And I'm so excited to do that. I have visions for this podcast of so many things, tailgate parties, guests, interviews, doing some stuff, live shows, everything. I want this podcast to be incredible and I'm going to put my all into it with the great people at the Believe Network to make this podcast the best possible podcast it can be and the best Jets content. I know there's a lot of Jets content out there. I love it all. I, I definitely am a consumer of Jets content, but this is going to be the number one best jets podcast i'm certain of that because i'm going to stop at nothing to make sure that that happens now my background in media as a jets fan i gave you a little bit of my background as a jets fan and what i plan on doing on here so i've been a jets fan and i've been a sports fan for a long time as you've heard i became a Jets season ticket holder in 2018 i guess which is when they drafted sam darnold it wasn't that expensive at the time And I kept them through the pandemic, almost gave them up during the pandemic, but they already charged me so much. I was like, you know what? Fine, just put it off to next year. And they draft Zach Wilson. And it's like, ah, new quarterback, excitement. Let's see. And then the Jets did something really weird. They raised ticket prices last year on season ticket holders when they were seven and four. And I was like, oh boy. Well, that's the kiss of death. You know the second they raise ticket prices. The Jets haven't won a game since, other than the preseason game that they won against Carolina. The Jets had not won a a, a single game since they raised ticket prices on their fans. So it tells you everything you need to know about the Jets. Pretty typical Jets. But ultimately... They raise ticket prices. Aaron Rodgers shows up. I'm glad I held on to my tickets. I would never abandon my Jets. So maybe we could do something cool with get-togethers and ticket giveaways and stuff like that as part of the podcast in the future. But like I said, I love the Jets. I put my money where my mouth is. I'm wearing the Jets gear. I got the new logo. Check this out. The new throwback Jets cap. So when I say I'm a Jets fan, I'm a real Jets fan. I'm not just saying it. I put my money where my mouth is. um, And... I pay for Jets tickets. I pay for Jets season tickets every single year. That's part of it. That's part of being a Jets fan. And I haven't given up on them during the bad times. I sat through all those terrible quarterbacks and it's paying off hopefully because now we have Aaron Rodgers and I hope to hold on to those tickets for a long time. Now, during the pandemic, I mentioned it earlier with Jets tickets I was kind of lost in life and trying to figure out what, what I wanted to do. And if you want the longer story, I host a podcast called the Rami V podcast. You can listen to that on the Odyssey app or on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We have uh, a YouTube page, Instagram and TikTok and all that stuff. So check it out there. And when I, during the pandemic, didn't wasn't sure. I tell the long story of how this happened, but I'll tell a quick story kind of the shorter version for this, for the sake of this podcast, when I decided I wanted to get into media, I wanted to, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I wanted to somehow figure out a way to get into media. I love talking sports. I love talking period, if you couldn't tell by now. And I wanted to be somehow involved, take this passion of mine for sports. I've always been a huge sports fan. Take this passion and turn it into something more than just me loving sports, a career of some sort. And I started a podcast, the Rami Lavi podcast, about two years ago, started talking sports. And it's led me on an incredible journey. I started as a salesperson uh, at Odyssey, which was formerly Intercom. If you're from the New York area, they own WFAN and CBS Sports Network. I started down in Baltimore because that's where my parents were living at the time. Uh, and then I slowly transitioned into the actual media side working as a producer, first starting on overnights, cutting tape during the overnights uh, down in Baltimore, and then working as a producer and a sports anchor update host. And I've done everything in sports all while maintaining my podcast Uh, And working on the radio, I've worked freelance for Fox Sports, cutting football highlights. I've worked freelance for Major League Baseball currently also uh, cutting in-game live highlights for Major League Baseball games. So I've done a ton of work in the sports industry. And a few months ago, I decided to move back to New York to be in the market that I really want to be in to talk and be with the fans who are New York sports fans. I'm a huge New York sports fan. Yeah, sure, it was fun. I went to every Ravens home game for the last two years, worked on the Ravens broadcast, went to Orioles home games for the last two years, worked on the Orioles pre- and post-game show, also on the fan in Baltimore. But I wanted to be in New York, in the Mecca, the sports media hub, the sports media center of the world, which with the teams that I root for. um, So I decided to come back and I got a job working For WFAN, I've been producing the Yankee games on the radio the last few weeks. And I've also been producing some of the live shows there. Keith McPherson. I did uh, Brandon Tierney, Tiki Barber. Um, some other shows as well on the fan in New York City and just being a part of the fan in New York and hearing the voice of the fan and hearing what people are talking about and feeling one with the fans has definitely given me a new perspective and energized me both in my podcast and to do this. And so when this opportunity came up to host a podcast that's specifically geared towards the New York Jets, because if you look at my page on uh, on Instagram, you'll see a lot of the highlights, a lot of the, the these videos that I have, these short video clips, Are New York Jets centric videos, because during the football season on my podcast, I was putting out three episodes a week, putting out every Sunday night after the Sunday night games and previewing Monday night football. Then every middle of the week at some point, Tuesday or Wednesday, recapping Monday night football, previewing Thursday night football, talking about what everyone talked about in the news conferences, any news that trickled in over the week, as it always does in the NFL. And then on Friday, picking the games, previewing the games, recapping Thursday night football. So, There's kind of this structure, and I talked so much Jets last year. And ultimately, I think talking Jets and being so involved in the Jets media ultimately got me this opportunity to have a podcast that's fully Jets. So we're going to do this podcast. The format's going to be twice a week. It's essentially going to be before every Jets game. We'll pick the game. We'll talk about the game. We'll talk about the other team's Uh, in the division and what they're doing, playoff standings and such. And then we'll break down the game after every single Jets game. So that's how it's going to be formatted. Of course, we're also going to have guests. We're going to have live shows, like I said. We'll have everything will come with that. But I think that the format's going to be before every Jets game and after every Jets game. This is where you want to tune to get all your Jets content. We'll break down everything. We'll pick the games. If you're into gambling, I'm a gambler. We'll talk about the biggest stories in the NFL. And then, We'll still be doing three times a week on the Rami LaVie podcast. So if you're more of a broad fan, you can listen to that too. But if you're a Jets fan and you're here for Jets content, this is the podcast you want to be tuned into. We're going to have amazing guests. We're going to talk Jets. Before the season starts, we're going to preview the AFC East. We'll preview the AFC. We'll preview... The Jets as a team individually break down each position. um, And we'll also talk fantasy football. We'll talk about which players on the Jets. There's a lot of players. When was the last time you had this many players on the Jets that you can consider drafting for your fantasy football team? Um, So we'll do all that and obviously predict what's going to happen for the Jets this season. And also, and we'll do this starting next episode, we'll recap the Hard Knocks episodes. We have extra content now with the Jets being on Hard Knocks. I did a recap for episode one on the Rami LaVie podcast, but I will recap episodes one and two. Episode two drops tonight. So I will recap episode one and two on the second episode, which will come out later this week. But for now on this episode, what we're going to talk about is the news that dropped yesterday evening. Probably the newest news that we can talk about is Dalvin Cook is officially a Jet. The Jets have a new running back. And I have some reaction, as you know. And before we get to my reaction to Dalvin Cook signing with the Jets, just want to take a quick break and we'll be back with my reaction to Dalvin Cook signing with the Jets right after this. So, when the rumors started floating about Dalvin Cook, I thought it was an embarrassment of riches. I thought, we don't need this guy, right? We have so much talent on this team, we have these young running backs. Brees Hall is going to come back. We'll be fine. Why do we need Dalvin Cook? And I thought to myself that a lot of this was something that I feared with the Jets for a long time, especially in the last couple of years, Woody Johnson's running the show. And since Woody Johnson came back, he wants to put his stamp on this team. He wants to build a super team, quote unquote, and he wants to bring in Dalvin Cook, even though it's not necessary. Cook is older. I don't think a team like the Vikings would just cut Cook for no reason. It didn't make sense to me. What? There's got to be something. There's some red flags here. And... I really wasn't sure about it. I, I love Brees Hall. I like Michael Carter. I I like Bam Knight. I like Izzy Ibanakanya, who they just drafted. There are all these Jets players that they have. And I was confused why the Jets were going for Dalvin Cook. I I maybe just to take him away from the Patriots or take him away from the uh the Dolphins, which was rumored that he'd be going there. I don't know. Yeah, addition by subtracting him from the other team, making sure another team can't pick him up. Sure, but did it really make sense to give a guy this much money at a position that you don't need really a guy there and to give him a lot of money and maybe even a two-year contract? Didn't make a ton of sense to me. Then when it started slowing down and he leaves, I'm like, okay, maybe this is Joe Douglas, who by the way, was not in the first episode of Hard Knocks at all. I don't know if you noticed that. Maybe that's the Jets censorship. We'll definitely know. If he's not on an episode, this is the creator. This is the architect of this team. If he's not featured on the episode of Hard Knocks tonight, that to me tells me that the Jets are the ones holding him out of these episodes. That's my personal opinion, but I don't think I'm wrong about that. Uh, But I wasn't so sure about Dalvin Cook, but I think Joe Douglas was saying, okay, I'm not going to jump all in. There's all these rumors. There's him going on good morning football and saying, I want to be a Jet. I'm going to be a Jet. It's basically almost done. Him showing up and then leaving without a contract and then hearing nothing for about a week and a half kind of tells me that Joe Douglas was still going to stand firm. And when Aaron Rodgers took the pay cut, people just assumed right away, okay, they'll just sign Dalvin Cook for whatever and Woody Johnson maybe if he was actually just running the show they would have signed him two weeks ago for 15 million dollars over two years right maybe 15 million and like another 7 million next year and that would make no sense to me and I think what ended up happening was right after Zeke signs with the Patriots You hear that like $6 million for Ezekiel Elliott feels like a lot. That guy's not that good. And then you ultimately sign Dalvin Cook, who still is coming off a way better season than Ezekiel Elliott was. And he's coming back and he's coming to the Jets. That's incentive based that can only get up to about eight and a half million dollars. I say only, but for a one year deal, a lower contract, I guess it makes sense. I can't be mad about adding a guy. Yes, it's embarrassment of riches at that position, But can I really be upset about adding a guy who's a really, really good running back, still clearly was a really good running back in the league last year? You bring Brees Hall back a little slowly, and that was my first reaction. Like, okay, maybe Brees isn't coming back right away, but this also puts an incredible amount of pressure on the running backs room. This kind of makes a tension in camp, which we've seen there is a pressure in camp, which pressure is not a bad thing. But Michael Carter... Bam Knight has been the best running back in Jets camp so far this year. That's what they've said. Obviously, you're not going to drop Izzy, who you just drafted. So it's interesting to see where the Jets go with the running back room. Obviously, Brees is coming back soon. And then we find out Brees is activated today. And that's a whole other level to this. And maybe that's part of the pressure. Brees is like, I got to get back sooner. They're not signing this guy to be my backup. We're going to be working in tandem together at best. I got to get out there. I got to be ready to go so that I know that I have my place set on this team. And that's awesome that it sets kind of a pressure for the whole team. It's only a one-year deal. So that means if after this year it doesn't work out, fine. I don't want to see them cut Izzy or Bam or MC, but that's the thing. They don't have to. The Jets have a hole and have holes at other places, and they still have a ton of cap space because Aaron Rodgers took the pay cut, because of how this contract is built. They have the cap space to go make a trade. If they want to improve the offensive line, now you just gave yourself a surplus at a position that's a really valuable position because these guys aren't guys like Saquon Barkley who's making a ton of money. Everyone talks about how the the running back position is being devaluated. No, the high-paid running backs are being devaluated. The actual running back position is still a very, very valuable valuable position in the NFL. And if you get the guy at the right price on a prove it one year deal with incentives in his contract, yeah, it's a perfect guy to have. And if you have these young guys who are not making a ton of money like Carter, like Bam, like Izzy, if they end up trading them, they could use them as a trade piece to ultimately boost that offensive line or whatever they decide is in need. I think that actually makes... Perfect sense. Look, still, the offensive line is going to be tough and that's what they need to improve. But the kind of the emotional thoughts and roller coaster that I went through from Dalvin Cook not being a part of this team to, okay, it's clearly happening. They're getting Dalvin Cook no matter what to, okay, we're not getting him no matter what. We're going to work a little bit more to try and make sure that this team gets better, that we improve, and we're not... Just adding a guy for an absurd price. We're going to make sure that it's a smart financial decision as well. They do that. They bring in Dalvin Cook at the right price. Aaron Rodgers is clearly happy. He's talked about him. And now let's get to work. Now we have another guy back there. And even Brees Hall, everyone, Michael Carter, they're all saying the right things. And it just motivates everyone. Look, everyone knows that in the first year coming back from an injury, especially in ACL, the running backs are not the same that first year. So this doesn't put as much pressure on Brees Hall to be that guy right away. Get back. You're young. Slowly get back. And next year, it's only a one-year deal for Dalvin Cook. If Dalvin Cook is gone after this year, that's fine. Next year we have Brees Hall. Will Rodgers be here beyond this season? Well, he says yes. I have my thoughts as to maybe not so much. We'll talk about that on next episode. We'll recap Hard Knocks, the first two episodes of Hard Knocks on next episode. I'm so excited. Just wanted to get this off the ground. That's my instant reaction to the Dalvin Cook signing. That's my background. That's who I am. We'll be doing so much more of this. Look out for more episodes later this week for to talk about the Rodgers restructuring of the contract, to talk about hard knocks, and a whole lot more. Until next time, I'm Rami Levia. as always. Tell him Rex. Let's go to eat a goddamn snack. Thank you for listening to Believe.